If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume you're a fan of both Bachelor Party and or Jam Session. And if that is true, there's a new Spotify feature that lets you automatically follow the show. Tap the bell on the show page to get notified as soon as new episodes are released. So for Bachelor Party, that's Bachelor Party. And for Jam Session, that's Ringer Dish. By turning on new episode notifications, you'll also automatically start following the show. And if you aren't already, I just don't know why. All the latest episodes from shows you follow can be easily accessed in the What's New feed on your home screen within the Spotify app. So what are you waiting for? Now let's batch. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, and it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm joined today by a guest who I first emailed over three years ago trying to get her on the podcast. Didn't work out. Don't really remember why. Didn't read back our email thread. Just said, just keep it moving forward. But finally, it's happening. And today I'm joined by Lori Krebs, who you may know as Lori KPR. Lori, welcome to Bachelor Party. This is huge. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. And you know I'm officially popping my podcast cherry with you right now. This is huge. I mean, how many podcasts have you sat in on for your clients? I mean, probably so many, right? Oh my gosh, dozens and dozens. But I'm at a point now that even when my clients do record podcasts, like they'll ask me after, did you listen to it? And I'm like, eh. I, I can't listen. <laughs> I briefly, you know, the, the key points, but I, I just don't have the time to listen to all those podcasts, really. Yeah. But I'll, so many. let me tell you, you know why I decided to do your podcast? I do not know. I'd love to know why, because I think I was researching you. You haven't done a ton of press yourself. This seems very selective. You did a, you did a piece of bustle almost a year yeah. ago, uh, but and then, then you you know you host some Instagram lives, but you don't do a lot of press yourself. 
No, I try, you know what? I try to stay behind the scenes and especially I, I find when the press is asking me to, to do an interview or to interview me on a podcast, typically they want the tea about my clients. Right. And I, I don't know. I never felt like I was really at a, at a point where things were just even keel. There was not so much drama where I was comfortable <laughs> to do it, but I think we're in a good place right now. I'm comfortable to do it. Um, at first I wasn't sure. And I actually texted Rachel Lindsay. Oh, nice. And, yeah. And I said to her, I said, Hey, Julia Littman asked me, you know, she's been asking me for the last three years to come on her podcast. I've always said, no, what are your thoughts? And she said, do it. She's like, That's awesome. <laughs> I trust Julia, Julia. She's the best. You got to do it. And yeah. So Rachel gave me her blessing. Thanks, Rach. Um, well, thank you for doing it. And I will say, like, I am interested in the tea, but not really about like individual people. I'm way more interested in sort of what it's like to work with all these influencers and how much the influencer market has grown and evolved over the last few years. Because like I said, I reached out to you in 2018, which was a totally, totally different time in Bachelor Nations, like basically like a, a different era. Um, and so I I do want to talk about the specifics of your clients and and sort of like how you got into this. But I, I will say like the reason I've been so interested in your work and I should just say like you are um, a publicist and you manage PR for uh, people who appear on reality television, many bachelor people. But I, I'm really interested in sort of like how it all works as an industry and then an economy and like less about exposing like Madison for her Instagram goof back when she was on Peter's season. So, I mean, you know, we all make mistakes. It's fine. It happens to the best of us, Kevin Durant included. So anyway, um, listen, I, I'm going to be honest with you. That was the truth. It wasn't her according, <laughs> according to her and her camp. I mean, as far as I know, it really was not her. Okay. It was, she her said it was friend's her friend, mom think, was managing. Right? Yes. They were managing her account, which is true, which is true because I remember, um, in the past she had asked my team, you know, to help her with it. She really wasn't Instagram savvy at that point. And, um, you know, we, we don't typically do that. I'd say the only person I really, really help with their Instagram is Jax Taylor because he's completely <laughs> Instagram illiterate. He doesn't even know how to do a swipe up. So, you know, it doesn't exist anymore, right? Swipe up. Now it's the sticker stamp. And you know, conversion. No, absolutely not. I feel like conversion isn't the same. The brands aren't happy with it. Um, before when you have the swipe up, it's, it's just swipe up. You know what to do. Now it's, I find the link, it blends in with all the other GIFs and text all over the place. I don't know. It's not working out for us. Inter- that's interesting. That's, like, that's the kind of thing that I'm I'm honestly really fascinated by. <laughs> also, I I do think there was like a cachet to swipe up. And I, as far as I know, everyone can do a, a link, right? Like anyone can do a link sticker. So there's not the same sort of... Um, oh, I didn't know that. So even if you have 2,000 followers, you can I still think. do the link sticker? Okay. I think so. I will just say, I, I've, I, I've talked about this a lot on all of my pods. I have a very tortured relationship with Instagram. But I did no- notice recently that for a while, I was in a testing group where like you couldn't send a post to your story. You had to like go into your story and like create a post and do like the reshare function. And luckily, I'm back being able to just like send a post to my story because it was really annoying. Anyway, <laughs> listen, if you ever 
have an Instagram issue, you come and talk to me because okay. I'm very Appreciate close it. friends with Facebook and Instagram. They help me out all the time. All right. That's good to know. Let's get into it. So number one, Lori, just, just do a laundry list of who your clients from Bachelor Nation are. So people know kind of like the sandbox we're playing in here. All right. The list. Um, Vanessa Grimaldi, Hannah Godwin and Dylan Barber, Madison Pruitt, Blake Moynes, Blake Horseman. I call them Blake one and two, Horseman one. Of course. Um, Kevin Wendt and Astrid Locke. Um, Gosh, who am I missing? I'm missing a bunch. Oh, Abigail Herringer, Serena Pitt, Rachel Kirkinell. You know, all, all the best people. That's a that's a pretty great roster. How, I'm so definitely how, forgetting someone. Okay, they're well, going to be upset with me. They'll be pissed, but yeah. you'll you'll apologize to them on your Instagram story, and it'll be fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll all move forward. Um, how did you get into working specifically with Bachelor people? Like you worked in PR before this. This is not like a brand new thing. But how did you um, get deep into this world? And I guess one of my I, I question also I have is like, was that a pivot for you in terms of your career? So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty much a crazy story. I would, about over 15 years ago, um, I moved to LA and I worked for a big PR firm there where we were representing people from film and television. Mm. I remember we were representing Eva Longoria. She was on Desperate Housewives, um, Mel B from the Spice Girls when she was on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. And, um, I worked there and eventually, I moved into working in the lifestyle and brand space. So I was completely on the other side of things. Um, and it was during that time when I was on the brand end of things where Twitter and the blogs exploded. Mm. And anybody that had a, a little bit of a Twitter following, it was a really big thing at, at that time. And I remember I was the director of PR for, do you, do you remember the company Beyond the Rack? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're, cool. they're, they were one of the biggest online um, shopping retailers. And so I remember seeing Lindsay Lohan tweeting about different brands. And I said to the CEO at the time, who was my boss, and I said, we got to try to get her and Khloe Kardashian to tweet about the business. And so through my media contacts, I knew who represented them. And I reached out to their teams. At the time, it was really Chris Jenner directly. <laughs> Um, and I remember we paid Chloe, I want to say Chloe was like $10,000 for a tweet 15 years yes. ago. What are we ta- you about to say? We're talking like 2008, basically 2007, yes. Yes. like very beginning of Twitter. That seems like a lot to me to uh, $10,000 for a tweet in 2007. I'm like, wow, Chris Jenner always driving a hard bargain. <laughs> and, and Lindsay Lohan, I think was 3000 at the time. Oh my I remember God, that really? specifically. Yes. Wow. She was already in her descent. That's too bad. I love Lindsay Lohan. I hope she's happy wherever she is. I know. Where's she been? Anyway, so... In, your, in Europe, in the Middle East, I believe. Really? Well, well as I long follow as she's Lohan, sober and happy. I follow Lohan Nightclub as on... Um, she's no longer affiliated, but I follow Lohan Nightclub on Instagram. That's how I kind of keep up with some of her clubs. But she's no longer affiliated, so I don't know why I do it. Anyway, so Chloe got 10K... Lindsay got three. Lindsay got around three. I they tweeted about the company and it exploded. It crashed the website. It was our biggest day in the history of sales that our company had at the time, and it just went viral. 
Like I remember TMZ picking it up, Lindsay Lohan, you know, she's using this product from beyond the rack. It was everywhere. And from that moment, Juliet, it was, it was such a pivotal moment for me in my career. I realized that traditional PR and marketing was changing. It was no longer getting, you know, my clients or, or the brands at the time featured on The View or um, Ellen DeGeneres show or any, all the things that I used to do. It was really changing to influencer marketing. Right. And and it was during that time where I started connecting with more and more celebrities and influencers on Twitter and blogs. And I want to say some of the first clients that I worked with at the time were like Bethany Frankel. Brooke oh, Burke. Wow. Yeah. Even, even cool. the Kardashian, even some of the Kardashians, we did like these Mother's Day gift guides with Kim and Courtney and Chloe for, for Chris for Mother's Day. And yeah, it, it's just really at that time, that's where it totally started. And from working with a lot of, um, these celebrities and talents, I made different contacts. And, um, like I said, I was on the brand side and I, I was also representing, this is going you know, we're, we're moving up a few years now. Sure. Um, and I was working with an app out of New York city and I was putting together an influencer campaign for them. And I thought to myself, I said, Wells Adams is perfect for this. He would be <laughs> absolutely perfect. And I remember I reached out to him and we kind of just hit it off. And we, we, he, I want to say he was like one of the first bachelor nation talent or influencers, if you will, that I started working with. And we had a great relationship. We, we collaborated on a few things together. And ultimately, I think, I think Wells just put in a good word for me or something. Wow. He does seem seem to have a lot of clout in the, in the community. Um, did you watch the show? Were you a fan? Totally. Totally. Have you always watched? Like, what'd you start with? Tristan Ryan. Oh, so you're, you're an OG. So I'm definitely an OG, but I did stop for a few years and I regret it because I never watched, um, Catherine and Sean, Sean season. I never watched JP that and season. Ashley, yeah. yeah. So I missed a few years in between and I want to say those were probably the best ones. So I those hear were some good, some good years. Yeah. I would say my, I've talked about this quite a bit. My favorite seasons, my favorite three are probably, uh, four are Jason Masnick. Excellent. Caitlin Bristow, Ali Fedotowski, and Hannah Brown. I think those are my four favorites. I, I mean, I know The Bachelor in general is like more popular show, but I think those three Bachelorette seasons like really stood out to me. Other Bachelor seasons that are really good. Mm, I'm trying to think. Juan Pablo debacle was like kind of fun, though it was a debacle. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was really great. There's you know, the, the middle seasons of The Bachelor were good. Also, like Brad Womack was like also. Like, oh, you, of, like, so you've watched them all. Basically, I, I, the early years are kind of dark for me, but I've tried to go back and like watch as much as possible. Um, but I've watched it consistently since basically 07, um, since I was like in college. Um, so yeah, I've seen, I've seen almost all of it. Yeah. So, so Lori, I've been doing this for 10 years, this, this bachelor podcasting. So it's, it's both for, for, for good and for bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny because I started watching Tristan Ryan season. I was obviously a lot younger at that time, but I watched it with my family. And I remember my, my mom and dad, we, we loved it. It was our Monday night family get together time. And it's interesting to see the shift in the seasons because 
now my parents totally don't watch <laughs> The yeah. Bachelor anymore. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's right. a much younger demographic. I don't even know how I got into it. I guess with friends, whatever. I don't know. All right. So you first start working with Wells and that's, let's see, he was, whose season was he on? He was on Caitlin maybe, or the one before it was Caitlin actually, or, I think it, or Jojo was, no, I think he was Jojo's season. It was Jojo. It was 2016. Yeah. I remember he was, I, I remember he, I remember part of his bio was he liked tacos and he was a DJ in Nashville. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so you start working with Wells and then did you already have Lori KPR at that point or did Wells open yes. up like a, a business no. for you? I, I already had Lori KPR, but like I said, I was representing more of the brand side of things gotcha. and putting together influencer programs for them. Oh, interesting. And so yeah. then did, did you continue to do both, like both brand and influencer yes. and like meld them together? Do you still work with brands? Um, I try not to because it's, it's just, it gets Conflict. a little bit too messy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are times, you know, if I have a close relationship with the brand and they want it, you know, they want me to help them with, um, an influencer program or some social media marketing, I may direct them to someone else on my team or somebody else that I know. Interesting. So how big is your company? How many people do you have? Oh my gosh. We're, we're small. Um, I want to say like five people. Oh, so okay. I have a couple of people. Yeah. I think that's still, I, I think probably like the, the, the online community that's like hyper aware of Lori KPR, I bet would think it's like just you, like just like pull, pulling all the strings. So I think that's pretty <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um, and like, what was sort of, you know, you said Lindsay and Chloe's sort of moment, um, with beyond the rack was sort of a breakthrough, like in your, in your kind of tracking of this influencer industry and how it collided with bachelor nation. Like what are some of the other, like really key moments of the last few years where you're like, wow, this is a, a major industry. And like, this is a big deal. You know, I think that's such a good question. Um, I just see the evolution has changed so much in terms of social media now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was such a monumental thing or so new to see somebody with a huge, large following. Now it's like every second person has, you know, a few hundred thousand followers, a million followers. It's it's not new, but for the brands, this is the big shift for the brands that I've seen throughout the years. Earlier brands would just be looking for people that had large followings mm-hmm. to, to work with and to collaborate with. Now it's not about the following because like I said, everybody has a big following. It's the engagement. It's their engagement. So engagement, meaning how many people are interacting with mm-hmm. their posts, how many are viewing their stories, how many are actually clicking on the links that they're promoting. And so that's been an interesting shift to see um, because I know ultimately, like people say, they think that a lot of people go on bachelor or all these reality shows to become an influencer after all this. And, you know, my answer to that would be, I think anybody going on television is looking for a little bit of fame or notoriety, sure. right? Like why be, else are you going you have to be comfortable? Yeah. I always say there's a bit of exhibitionism in all of these people. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. I, but, but I do think, you know, they go on, it is a very cool experience, especially the bachelor before COVID you get to travel all these to all these different countries. You get to meet so many people. Um, I I've also seen the progression of some of these contestants who I've known before they've gone on the show where they've grown so much, so much. Like who, um, like who's an example of that? Blake Horseman. Blake Horseman. Totally. 
he's been he's been through so many up and downs, especially on his social media. Blake is someone who, when he went on the show on Becca's season, he was really sweet. Thought he was really cute. I interviewed him right after that. It was actually like a really lovely interview. It was in December of of 2018. So maybe you were working with him. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't believe it was three years ago. He had come um, very early on a Saturday morning to our studio. He had been at like the um, like the jingle ball of, of L.A. the night before with like some contest winner. He was really sweet. I really liked Blake. And I think like watching him over the last couple of years, I still really like Blake. It definitely seems like someone who has had a lot of success and like apparently found his calling and being a DJ. Um, but also like definitely on social media too much. Like when you watch, when I w- think about what happened with him in paradise with Caitlin two years ago, it's like it, you could see on the show. And then in his response after like so much of it felt like it was dictated or not dictated, but like a lot of the calculus was like, how is this being received? And how do I set the record straight? And like the answer and, and sort of like the answer to both of those questions lied within Instagram. And that's sort of like, that's a double-edged sword, right? Of like you, it's, it's an income, it's power, it's influence, but then it's also like, I think people are totally tormented by it. Like, and in working with someone like Blake, how does, how do you work with them to kind of like keep them, um, grounded essentially, and like not care too much about their engagement so that it remains like authentic and whatnot. And I'm also just curious as a PR professional, what you thought about that, um, that whole saga. Do you, did, were you, did you ever work with Kaylin? No. That's no, good. <laughs> I never worked with Kaylin. Good, no. that'd, be, that'd be super awkward. <laughs> but I, but I did work with Dylan and Hannah. Oh, okay. You know, during that season with the whole Blake triangle. So that right. was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a really difficult time. I want to say one, of, one of the hardest times, um, in my professional life, especially witnessing someone, um, suffer so much emotionally, mentally, physically, the way that yeah. Blake did. It was, um, you know, the physical part was really apparent even on TV. I was like, oh, this person's not in a good place. And like, he messed up, but I felt like worried for him at the time. Yeah, so did I. I remember that it was Crystal's wedding during that season. And I right. had clients that were going just for the wedding. And I remember Kevin and Astrid were going and I said, tell Blake to leave, please tell him to just come <laughs> home. Like I was hearing these horror stories of what was going on. And again, I, you have to understand, yes, I'm a publicist, but at the end of the day, I'm a human being too. And my clients are, they're like family to me and I care about them for them first and foremost, forget about mm-hmm. professionally. That's secondary to me really. And I, I knew that Blake was really suffering. Yeah. Um, down there. And I knew that it was just going to get worse and worse for him. So I wasn't understanding why was he continuing to stay, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, that was a very difficult time. Um, I know how he handled it with, you know, releasing the text messages and everything like you were insinuating. Um, people don't realize that just because you're somebody's publicist doesn't necessarily mean that the client always listens to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, it's always the publicist is blamed, but they don't right. really understand that, you know, I, I've given advice and suggest and professional suggestions, um, to my clients, many of them, not just from bachelor, from Vanderpump, from all other shows. It's, it's 50, 50, whether they actually listen, 
or mm-hmm. not. And at the end of the day, they're their own person. Um, I'd say, I'd say with Blake, listen, I, I didn't tell him to do it. I didn't tell him not to do it. I remember saying to him that releasing the text isn't going to fix things. Right. It's right. not going to fix things. Um, but he felt, and I know that he also, he spoke a lot with other people in Bachelor Nation and, you know, they also understood that his hands were tied. And I think the biggest thing for Blake was that he, it was the whole silencing thing that bothered him the most. And I mean, his mother, his mom at the time was getting death threats to her school. Um, he, he was really destroyed by it. I I remember. I feel like he had to say something. Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, it sucked for Kaylin. There's no question about that. What I think. Yeah. I think what he did really sucked for her. I think it's, I think it's easier to feel at this point with hindsight and like knowing where everything stands now, it's kind of easy to like, just sort of be like everyone messed up. Let's move on. Cause Kaylin's obviously happy. Blake seems like he's doing better. Um, I don't know, but it definitely like the social media aspect of it to me, like, I brought that up cause it was such like a major moment where Blake has this platform that he can use for, um, you know, building out being an influencer, but you have to balance that with also being, authentic and who you are. And like part of, part of that for him was, you know, being able to clear the air. So it was just a really, that, that was a, such a wild moment. I hope yeah. he's doing better. Um, it was, it was awful. I, and I felt for her too. I felt for yeah, Kaylin too. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, I think if you're human, you feel for all, for all yeah. people involved. So I, I, I get it. And I guess that sort of also leads me to like, when you work with folks, what are the types of things that like, what kind of work do you recommend for them? Cause I assume someone like Madison, who doesn't seem that interested from my vantage point of going back on any of these shows anytime soon might take certain opportunities that someone like Serena Pitt, mm-hmm. who has now been on two shows and is sort of in a highly publicized bachelor nation relationship, like might be positioning herself a little bit differently. So how do you work with clients to determine like what is a good fit for them and how they should be moving their career forward and like what jobs to take on essentially? So I always, you know, before I take on a client, before I decide, you know, is this a good fit for, for both of us um, to work together? I try to find out what their intentions are. What are they looking to do? How are they looking to use their platform? What are their interests? What are their likes? What are their dislikes? Where do they see themselves going? And ultimately, if I feel like I could help them, if my agency could help them and, you know, our values align, then, then I will take them on as a client. Someone like Madison, you know, she wasn't interested in positioning herself, just going on influencer trips and, and all the, and all those things. Um, she was, of course, she loves fashion and she loves beauty. She's a real girl's girl like that too, but she wanted to make a difference in terms of the community of her church and her faith. Um, she's an incredible, incredible public speaker, motivational speaker. Um, so that was something that, you know, we had, we had talked about and in terms of where we positioned her, some of the brands that she works with, some of the charity organizations that she's affiliated with. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. And then someone like Serena, like, you know, I, I obviously she didn't know before she went on the bachelor or uh-huh. bachelor paradise that she'd end up with Joe, but how does being in a relationship change what you do with your social media. Cause obviously Dylan and Hannah, I feel like part of their, and I actually don't want to assume that what I see on social media mm-hmm. is who they are, are in person, but I would say from my perspective, 
Dylan and Hannah, their relationship is part of their respective personas online, which makes sense. It's what they're known for to a lot of the public. But so like, how does being in a bachelor relationship change what you can do professionally? To be honest, it actually doesn't. I'd say the only thing, and it's funny because, you know, I'll hear like on Reddit stuff like, oh, Lori KPR tried to fix these two people up because she wants the couples together. Like it really makes no difference, to be honest. (laughs) It's like you're a a paradise producer behind the scenes. Yeah, (laughs) definitely not. But like someone, for instance, Hannah Godwin loved Dylan and all, but whether she was with him or not with him, she'd still be you know, the entity she is today, the influencer she is today on social media. Yeah. She does, you know, so I'd say the only realistic thing that the bachelor couples do do, it keeps the engagement high. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. But, yeah. I also think it benefits the men more than the women because Hannah totally. is really gifted at the dances and she's very cute and like clearly has fun <laughs> with, so, with like the, all the TikTok trends. And I feel like Dylan is the beneficiary of Hannah being good at the medium and like really getting it. Whereas I don't think that he necessarily like not saying he detracts from her social media at all, but I just feel like she, he benefits from, from her or prowess on these platforms basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. The guys definitely benefit more from the girls in the relationship. Hands That's interesting. Down. interesting. This episode is brought to you by Reese's peanut butter cups. All right. It's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Um, what was the pandemic like? I when as soon as the as soon as the shutdown happened, and the trip stopped, and like there were sort of other things, you know, everything came to a halt. I was really curious, like what was like April and May 2020 like for your clients? Like how did it affect them? It seemed horrible. It was actually the busiest time wow. for all of us. Yeah. Wow. And wow. and I feel. It, I, 
I feel badly saying that because I know how many companies and people suffered mm-hmm. due to the p- pandemic. You know, even, even my own husband, his company like was having a really rough time. Um, but in terms of my clients and our business, it was, it was never busier because I think wow. everybody at that time was on social media, was online. They were online shopping or they were, you know, everything at that time was, they were, they're at home. There was nothing else to do. So all the brands really dedicated a lot of their marketing budgets, I guess, during that time to influencer marketing. And it was just, it was the busiest, busiest time. Um, In terms of PR, that was obviously a very big shift because we were no longer able to do the photo shoots in person. Right. Right. Um, a lot of photo shoots were on Zoom. Right. I don't, and I still don't understand how the, they got amazing content and photos, <laughs> but they did. They managed it. Even some people were on covers from Zoom shoots. Um, a lot of meetings were on Zoom. All of the media, you know, after shows were all done also on Zoom. So press and media interviews really shifted in that right. sense. Well, for us, it's been great because I'm like, oh, cool. You can do your pod- you can do this podcast from wherever you are. Just, you know, if you've got an internet connection or a phone line, we could do it. So that that part's been cool and I hope doesn't change. I don't think it will because I think everyone likes the sort of flexibility of, of press now being able to do interviews from wherever. It seems like everyone's happy. Well, it benefits everyone. It, it, a little too much. You know, I was I contacted Access Hollywood yesterday to, you know, they're going to be interviewing one of my clients and I was... I was expecting, I said, okay, what time should we show in studio? And they're like, well, no, Zoom. And I'm like, but mm. but why Zoom? Like, we're open already. I think people are getting a little, you know, they're comfortable now with their whole Zoom setup and it's working for everybody. But I don't know, it, ta- it takes away from the in-person. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a, there's like, you, but you easily forget it when you're home all the time. But then when you're like actually around people, you're like, oh, this is magical. <laughs> human, humans are supposed to connect with each other. It's not just supposed to be you wherever you are just alone. Um, I feel like you are something of a, a mythical figure on Bachelor Reddit and, and whatnot. And I'm curious, like, what's the most egregious false rumor that you've come across about you and also about one of your clients that hmm. you something that just like made you laugh. It was so stupid. Oh my gosh. I would say anytime they, they accuse me, they, they think I'm this publicist guru mastermind. Like I'm making up these stories to get my clients into the press. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's not true. Like may, maybe that was PR years and years and years, decades ago, but PR today is really, you know, if my client wrote a book, we're getting them publicity and contacting the different media outlets. Right. Um, you know, I'm not staging these opportunities where paparazzi are coming to a certain spot at this time and taking a photo of them. That's right. not the type of PR that I do. So I always, I find that interesting. And also, like I said before, when they think that I'm this mastermind behind trying to set my clients up on The Bachelor or something like that, and it's just, no, that that, that right. doesn't exist. People are going to slide into whoever's DMs that they do. Uh, you know, these are young 20-year-old kids. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm really, really not. So... Um. 
Yeah. For anyone who would want to go on the show, like, what do you think is important to know beforehand in terms of if, because if, I, I think there's, not, by the way, I think there's nothing wrong with going on the show and wanting to become an influencer or getting to brand marketing or have a platform. Like, that's just sort of the name of the game. And also, most people want attention on social media. That's why they participate. So I guess, like, what do you think people should know before before they go into it? Um, A couple things. Like, going into the interview, I would say that they just really need to be themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, these producers, they're amazing at their job. They can pick up on, you know, someone that's not being truthful instantly. Um, so just, be, just be yourself, be honest, talk about, you know, what I would, if I were going on, you know, saying how you're really ready for a real relationship, you're ready for engagement. They really want people that are sincere, that are, that ultimately want to end an engagement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say that when you go on a show like The Bachelor, you're always miked, always. They're always filming you. So when you think you're not miked or you think you're not being filmed, like last night's episode with Jamie, Jamie when he yeah. took the producer to the side, he yeah. thought, okay, the rose ceremony was over, the cocktail, the little cocktail that they had was over, and he just pulled his producer to the side and chatted with her. So yeah, when you're on camera... You're on camera 24 seven. There's, there's cameras in the trees. There's cameras, you know, in, in every little corner. So be smart. (laughs) Oh my God. What are you thinking of this season so far? Are you enjoying it? I really am. I really, really am. I adore her. I find her so real and I don't know. She's just very classy and I appreciate that she's calling out the guys right away. You know, there's nobody that's staying on just be- for the sake of drama. Like that guy on night one who wrote, who wrote that bachelor notebook. Yeah. Uh, his name was Ryan, I believe. Right. So I was expecting that. Okay. He was at least going to stay on for another three more yeah. episodes. Right. Yeah. Same with Jamie. Right. You're like, oh, she's probably going to keep him even though he's clearly like a jerk. I, he, I just think he seemed like not a good, not good boyfriend material. He wasn't very nice saying she was having the spring break mentality. That's so rude. So, and I mean, like, where is he even getting that from? She's so classy. She, she's, she, I don't know. She's lovely. I love her. Can, can you reveal if you're working with anyone from this cast? No, I'm not. Is When you watch, do you ever feel like, huh, I want to reach out to that person. They seem like they've got a great personality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's some seasons that, um, that I, I, you know, of course, with social media today and spoilers, you hear right after filming, you know, who yeah. makes it far and everything and with reality, Steve, but I try to um, avoid, I, do, I, don't, I don't have any spoilers on this season. So don't tell me any. Really? For, How do except, you avoid? Except for Clayton. It's everywhere. Bachelor. Um, I don't read anything. Mark spoiler on bachelor Reddit. I don't follow reality. Steve. I mute. I, I follow some of the Bachelor like accounts on Instagram, like Bachelor Nation Scoop or whatever, but I mute them so that I don't like accidentally look at their stories. Um, I don't know. It's hard to do the podcast knowing what's going to happen because then you're just sort of like lying or like hedging, be like, oh, I think this, I think that. So that's true. I really try to avoid it. And like for our pods that we do here for um, scripted shows as well, like people, who, you know, you often get screeners, you can get them like all at the same time or whatever. Um, we recommend that for like all of our hosts, like you watch one at a time because it's very hard to parse like what the audience knows versus what you know. So anyway, spoilers are just bad for podcasting. Okay. So can I ask you a question since you of course. are not spoiled this season? Who do you think yes. she ends up with? Um, that's a good question. 
I don't think it's Joe. I know he seems like the front runner right now, but I've been saying that I think that he like self eliminates or like just doesn't work out. I, I think he seems very, very shy. And I think that because he's so shy, he won't give her the validation that she needs. Like, I feel like there won't be the kind of like explicit, like, yes, let's do it because that's just maybe not his personality, like nothing against him, but I don't see that working out. So I'm eliminating him, even though he's like, probably seems like the front runner right now. Um, you know, we love Nate here on this podcast and she seems to have a good connection with him. I feel like weirdly Nate, Rick and Brandon are kind of the three who I can remember the most. And as a result, probably go far because I wouldn't really be able to remember them as being genuine, not just being wacky. So I think that it probably will come down to Brandon and Nate. Same. That was my (laughs) final two. Same. I just, she has such a great connection with them, with both of them. Brandon's like embarrassed himself in like very endearing ways. And it seems like she has really fallen for that. And I think that's really sweet. And then I actually said this a couple of days ago. Um, Nate gives me Tyler Cameron vibes in terms of his confidence and like just sort of like self-assuredness and the way that he also talks to Michelle. Like, I, I think that he has a very similar approach. I don't think he's similar to Tyler except for like in his approach to the show. Um, it's just, I have to say this every time I bring up Tyler, I'm obsessed with him. I love him. Great guy. Have you so, met him? Yeah. A bunch of have times. Have you met him? Okay. Yeah. He, so he's it's really so funny nice. because I find Tyler in person. I mean, on his Instagram, like Jesus, he, he's a beautiful so specimen, yeah. sexy. So, hot. um, but in person, he's just such a normal, like teddy bear, he's right? So nice. It's weird. <laughs> so confusing. Why are you so nice? Um, I like, I, it's been a bit for, you know, over two years that I'm obsessed with Tyler, except that it's not really a bit. It's a bit in that, like, I definitely talk about it a lot on the pod, but because I do know him, I'm not actually obsessed with him. I'm not like, a, you know, 15 year old, like posters in my bedroom or whatever. But, um, I just think he's, you know, he, that season was lightning in a bottle. Like that season had everything sort of like just kind of worked and it was, it was dynamite. Also I, uh, for me, I didn't, I didn't cover a couple of the episodes cause I was on leave. And so I also like got to enjoy it in a different way. So I think that's one of the reasons why I like always talk about it a lot. Um, but anyway, uh, that's Brandon and Nate, who I think she seems most excited about. I think Jamie would have gone far if he hadn't blatantly lied to her and then like thrown everyone off the bus. That was a bizarre turn of events. I can't believe it. So I, I saw the sleuthers or the trolls, if you want to call them talking a lot about that Jamie is not the age he's saying he is. Well, I think he seems older. Is that what other people are right? saying? Yeah. He looks, yeah. Like, he looks older. Yeah. Um, I, f- I mean, I feel badly saying that, but he, even the way he carries himself, I just, he, he seems older. It's I actually, possible. yeah, I also, ag- I said this again the other day, I agreed with him when he was like, not the best group of guys. Like when he was like, I thought it'd be a better pool. There's a lot of sweethearts here who I'm just like, no one who seems like particularly toxic except for Jamie. But I kind of, I understood what he was saying. He does carry himself like quite differently than like Will or Peter or whatever. So I, I understood that. Um, but I think that he is less than truthful. Like apparently his, um, his company is really just like an air purifier that like doesn't work. There's this website now called bachelorjobs.com where these, these people sleuth into like what everyone's actual job is. And his is, 
is pretty much BS. So he also had some pretty ugly tweets from like his early 20s. So like 10 years really? ago. So, yeah. But his his childhood story really touched me. Like I of really course. liked him that first night. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really moving. And I thought the way he talked about it was really composed and you know, that's a good thing about this though, is like Jamie's complicated. He's not just like a, an evil villain. He there's there's more layers to him, which is human. So I I, I like the season because I feel like they're getting back to like character development, which has really been lacking. Um totally. And so and I, I'm happy about that. Can I also ask you one other thing? Of course. I, I'm I'm laughing, like I'm turning into the interviewer right now. But I'm I'm so <laughs> I'm so interested about what you do also and your perspective on things. Um Clayton, that's his name, Clayton being mm-hmm. coming the next bachelor. Does he not remind you exactly of Colton? But his name is Clayton. They look the same too. I think Clayton looks like a pile of clay. I think that his name is so appropriate. <laughs> I, I can't oh see past it. <laughs> um, you didn't just say that. <laughs> did you ever work with Colton? <laughs> no, I've never worked with him, but I've talked with him a few times. Um, I always felt there was something about Clayton, about excuse me, about Colton that he seemed um, uncomfortable in a way. I always thought that he seemed like there, like he really the weight of the experience took its toll on him. Obviously, it did he you know left set and tried to end the show? Um, and so when he came out, I thought that some of the struggle we saw happening on TV probably must have been tied to just like his general identity and sort of mm-hmm. um, his sexual identity and. So I don't see the same kind of um, kind of active uh, inner struggle on the face of Clayton. And, mm-hmm. and maybe that's like that's like a, you know, a hindsight view. But I, I did always feel with Colton that we weren't necessarily getting his full story. And so with Clayton, he just seems like really plain. And so, like, I think uh, in, on paper, he's quite similar to Colton and like his physical build is very similar. Mm-hmm. But like, I haven't seen anything in three episodes that I'm like, wow, Clayton should be the bachelor. So I assume we'll be getting that. Um, maybe he really connected with the producers and we, and they like think that they'll be able mm-hmm. to bring that out. I heard they're full on traveling for the next season. So I do think it'll be a good season, kind of like back to form. So I don't know. Well, it would be interesting. What do you think about Clayton so far? I don't know Clayton. Like, have yeah. you seen anything of Clayton? He he just did a lot of talking this week, and I think they're trying to like ramp up our exposure to him as a result. I'm expecting to see something to see something big come out of Clayton, where we're like, this is why they made him the Bachelor. Yeah, I maybe he kind of reminds me of Jesse Palmer in a way. Like I saw the picture yeah. of them standing next to each other, and I was like, Jesse Palmer <laughs> seems like Clayton in 20 years. I. <laughs> I'm excited about Jesse Palmer. I, I, um, one of my colleagues, Amelia, who also recaps the bachelor on the bachelor party, Instagram and on the ringer reality TV podcast is like the world's biggest Jesse Palmer fan. Like she watched the surfing show. She watches his holiday baking show. She's like, she is a a tough, a tough judge and she's really excited. So I'm going to be excited as as well. So I think, I think it's good. The show needs like a real host. It needs like a set of sort of like a, a center. And I think that's been lacking though. Michelle, I think does that really well so far this season. So do you work with Caitlin or Tasha? I don't work with Tasha. Kate, I work with Jason Tardick. I've worked oh, with him cool. for years. Yeah. But he's really nice. So he's been on my pod a few times. Yeah, he's great. And, you know, through through Jason, I know Caitlin. We've worked together a little bit here and there, but cool. she has her own team. She has her own empire there going totally. on. Totally. I know. She got the scrunchies. Yeah. Not I have a scrunchie on my wrist, not one of hers. But yes. um, <laughs> so when Jason wants to start a podcast, his financial podcast, which I think is a cool idea. Um 
does he talk to you about that? Like, do you guys talk about what are the opportunities that could come with it? Or do you help him position it? Like, what's your role in someone like Jason Stark? No, not, not, yeah, not, not for Jason. He, he really, since his restart YouTube, he has like a whole other team too in that, in that realm. Yeah. Um, so he, I wouldn't be dealing with him. Gotcha. Interesting. That's, that's really like, what do you think are the next opportunities for your clients? Like what, I mean, I, I, you can't give away any proprietary secrets, but like, what do you think, where do you think this space is going? Like from, from how it's evolved since that first Khloe Kardashian tweet to now, like, what do you, what do you think the main change has been? And like, where, where is it going next? I just think, you know, I, I don't think Instagram is going anywhere anytime soon. Um, even though all the kids love TikTok now, it, to me, it's not the same as Instagram whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think we're seeing now larger companies now encompassing influencer marketing that before it was, you know, it was the vanity planets, the smaller brands that you'd see, you know, all these influ- influencers promote a lot. But now, I mean, some of the biggest companies are, are working with these influencers from bachelor na- nation, you know, that you, you can't even imagine Victoria's Secret, um, Pepsi, um, Macy's. Yeah. They're, they're, it's just, it's taking on a life of its own. And I, I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger. I also have a client, I'm not going to say who, but that's going on another reality show. Oh, interesting. And you guys won't believe it. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to ask you about that offline because I have a guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, I just have to ask about Jackson Brittany as a Vanderpump fan. Mm-hmm. First of all, do you still watch the show? Not as actively, not weekly. Um, I'll record it and then I'll marathon like a few on the weekend, but it, the season's uh, horrible. Yeah. It's just a horrible season. Is I it? I think it's really bad. I, I find it unbearable and we're just weird. Um, well, well yeah, because Jax Taylor's not on it and he's the and best Stassi. television. Ja- yeah. Saucy too. Great. Yes. Both, both, you know, problematic to say the least and um also good tv it is it is a it's a narrative problem and like james doesn't do it for me what's it like working with jackson britney um being in the bravo world versus the bachelor people who are in like the abc world like they're two distinct closed entities so like i'm just curious what's the difference between bravo liberties and bachelor nation um so batch the bachelor people really i want to say go from a normal quote-unquote person to Mm -hmm. overnight stardom really right um in in one season and whereas someone like Jax Taylor he's been in this industry and he's been filming this show for eight years right so he's just I want to say he's not as affected by it you know he's not he's used to it so things don't get to him the same way that someone from Bachelor Nation you know the the trolls for example yeah right um, the trolls that say some horrible things about some bachelor people, you know, it, it really does hurt them and it gets to them because it, it's new to them. They're not used to that. Jax Taylor. I mean, anybody could say anything about him. He really, there's no sweat off his back. He's that just seems slightly he Jack specific. It. He's such a, what a character, <laughs> what a yeah. character. Um, and what no, but in real life, he's not in real he's life. Not? He's not. I mean, he's a character, but not what you're what not what you're thinking at all. Like, what's like a Jack's fact that would surprise me? He's just a real homebody. He's a real homebody and he's a real family man. Hmm. And C- how's he's Cruz just, doing? He's, oh, he's uh, 
listen, I have two kids and the, and I will say Cruz is the cutest baby I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and I keep saying to them, I said, I don't understand how you had this. He's the happiest, sweetest. I babysat him. I was his first, I was the first person to ever babysit Cruz. Oh I'll my have God. You know. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I was down in LA and I needed them to go do press. And last minute, um, the press outlet told me that I wasn't able to come because of COVID. They just oh. had to test. Yeah, they had to do the COVID test for Jackson Brittany and they were only able, they weren't allowed to bring a representative. And so I said, listen, like they were going to bring Cruz. I said, why bring Cruz with you? Let me just babysit him. And they were like, well, you're the first person because, you know, they don't have family yeah. out there. And they do not trust a nanny to babysit Cruz. They, they do not have help. They do it all by themselves. And so I babysat Cruz. This baby, he slept the entire time. And when he was up for five minutes, he's just, he's smiling and he's happy and he's looking at you. He's just, I don't know how Jax Taylor gave birth to that. I, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's interesting. Um, well, Lori, thank you so much for joining me. I hope this was not a traumatizing experience since it was your first podcast. Um, no, it was a great experience. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, of course. Um, it's been really cool watching your career and sort of just tracking all the work you're doing and the growing influence. So it's been been really cool. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Erica Cervantes for producing this episode. Callie and I will be back on Tuesday and uh, looking forward to this Bachelor season carrying on. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great weekend. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.